Albertsons is your entertainment end zone. Look for the Game On player tags when you shop. Buy three and enter to win great prizes like a 65-inch big screen LED TV. Catch the Ram spirit with the Game On sweepstakes at Albertsons. For great sandwiches, get Nature's Harvest Bread 20-ounce selected varieties and Orwee Bread 24-ounce selected varieties, just $2.99 each. No purchase necessary. Open to residents of Southern California counties listed in rules 18 years and older. Ends January 3rd, 2017. Enter code by January 10th, 2017. Rules at GameOnSoCal.com. This episode of Motherhood in Hollywood is sponsored by Kinsa, the world's smartest thermometer. I always keep Kinsa in my arsenal of mom tools. It remembers my daughter's temperature, symptoms, and medications, so I don't have to. And it keeps her entertained with games while we wait. Check it out at KinsaHealth.com. Come on, Mama. Grab your popcorn and goobers. It's time for Motherhood in Hollywood with your host, Heather Brooker. This is a crude prude's perspective on being a full-time mom in showbiz. She's not a perfect mom, but she can play one on TV. Hold on to your butts. Here's Heather. Hey, Happy New Year, everybody. Welcome to Motherhood in Hollywood, episode number 27. I'm Heather Brooker. Thank you for joining me in the new year on Motherhood in Hollywood. We have now officially passed the six-month mark. Yay! And I could not be more thrilled about it. (laughs) I wasn't sure if I would just do a couple of episodes and then be like, I'm out. Um, But I'm actually still having a great time. And it seems like everybody listening is having a great time as well. So thank you so much. Um, for continuing to listen and support Motherhood in Hollywood. If you have not done so yet, please take a minute, go on iTunes and hit subscribe to Motherhood in Hollywood. If you're just downloading episodes, that's fine too. But if you could click subscribe on um, my uh, on my uh, podcast show, that would be a big help to me as well. So I can see how many of you guys are out there, who's listening, why you're listening. No. I don't care about all that. Um, but if you would hit subscribe, um, you can also subscribe on Stitcher uh, if you're listening on a non-Apple device and Player FM as well. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much. Uh, we have a great show today. Uh, my guest is Vina Crownholm. She is a former Miss California and you guys, I cannot wait to pick her brain about, you guessed it, the Miss Universe pageant. Uh, the recent uh, Steve Harvey Flub, I guess we can call it, um, and some conspiracy theories that are floating around around uh, his appearance and his mistake, mishap, if you will, on that show. So we have a lot of fun things to talk about. Also, we talk about the pageant world in general. Uh, very fascinated with pageants and why women are motivated to do them. Um, and we also talk about whether or not pageants are still relevant today. So uh, you definitely want to make sure you listen to that. She, uh, Vina has some wonderful things to say. Uh, about pageants and of course about being a mom which is the best um so now what do I have for you guys oh I actually have a really big announcement so for those of you who um don't follow me on social media first of all shame on you um second of all follow me on social media at MIH podcast on twitter and motherhood in hollywood on facebook and instagram Uh, I also Periscope too. If you're on the Periscope, go and check that out. Find me at MIH Podcast. Because this is the year um, my husband and I, coming up in May, will be celebrating our 15th wedding anniversary. Oh, I know. We look so young. (laughs) Um, We basically got married when we were kids. It's fine. Um, We're still young and fabulous. Um, But this is the year, coming up in May, we're going to be celebrating 15 years together. And um, I'm going to get real real with you guys, real, real. Uh, I have been very frustrated lately with my weight and how I look and how I feel physically. Um, I literally eat nothing but garbage, whatever is in the kitchen, whatever's left over from Channing's, you know, lunch or, you know, just whatever happens to be laying around. I just, just, I'm like a human garbage truck, basically just shoving food in my face. And with my 15 year wedding anniversary impending, I'm just sort of, um, I'm feeling very frustrated. I'm feeling very uncomfortable in my own skin, in my clothes. I'm feeling very unhealthy and I know it's not good because 
not good for anybody to feel unhealthy and constantly be shoveling crap in their face. But it's also not really setting a great example for my daughter. Now, don't get me, don't misunderstand me. I am, I love myself. (laughs) I love, I love, um, my body. I love what my body can do because it made my daughter and it made this wonderful human being that I love so much. But I just personally, as a woman, um, don't feel great. And I'm, I don't like not being able to shop at the stores I want to shop at and wear the clothes I want to wear because I am so overweight. And it's not even that I'm like, just like a big barrel of fat. I'm just, um, I'm awkwardly, I'm uneven in my fatness. Like I have a ton of belly fat. I know you guys, if you've listened to my episode with Sarah Haley, you've heard me talk about it before, um, about how I still have this giant, you know, tummy that makes me still look like I'm pregnant. I've got a huge badonk, a donk. And, um, this is the year I've decided you can call it a resolution. You can call it whatever you want, but this is the year I've decided I am going to lose 15 pounds by my 15th wedding anniversary. And I am going to find as many fun and exciting ways and interesting and unique ways to lose that weight as I possibly can. So I'm going to be trying out all kinds of fitness, um, classes, workout routines, um, DVDs, things to do at home, things to do in the gym, all the world is my oyster Uh, is kind of how I'm putting it myself. I just want to find fun and entertaining ways to um, fit working out into my lifestyle. Because if you're anything like me, I hate going to the gym. It just seems like such a pain in the butt. I feel like I am stopping what I'm doing during my day to go and work out. And I know some people are really into working out. They love it. They thrive on it. It's like they get a high from, you know, running for 10 hours, which to me just sounds horrible. Um, so I, I actually, you know, used to be into sports. I used to play soccer. I love the idea of, um, working out in a competitive way. Um, you know, but I don't know how to do that anymore. Like I'm an old mom now. Like, it's not like I can go sign up for soccer, um, you know, uh, be on a soccer team again or go play volleyball again or something like that. So, um, I'm challenging myself over the next few months to look for fun, creative ways to work out, to lose my 15 pounds by my 15th wedding anniversary. And I purposely set my goal to be, um, somewhat smaller, uh, because I want to achieve it. Like I don't want to overwhelm myself and go from like zero to a hundred and then get burnt out in the first month and not reach my goal. So I've set my goal to be a little bit smaller, And man, I could really use your support. If you guys want to, um, you know, email me or tweet at me, tell me if you have any ideas or any suggestions, um, anything, any kind of workout you think might be fun for a mom of a two and a half year old to do anywhere I could take my daughter with me. Oh, I'd love to hear that. If you guys have any suggestions on ways I can work out with my daughter, uh, I would, I would definitely be open to that. But I'm definitely still reserving the right to say, no, I'm not going to do that. <laughs> somebody, If somebody sends me some lame suggestion, I'm not doing it. Uh, no, but really, you guys, this is, this is a very um, big thing for me to admit that I need to get healthy. And I know I do. I just really... Um, it's, it's not easy to talk about, especially as a woman, not easy to talk about your weight and how you look and how you feel. And uh, this is a really big thing for me to admit, uh, to the world basically, um, who again, I know is listening to my podcast. So, um, if you want to do it with me, if you want to join me in my 15 by 15 challenge, come on, let's do it. Let's all get, let's all get skinny. Um, and then who knows after that, maybe we'll do another 15. We'll see. We'll see. So that's it, you guys. And um, make sure you keep track of me on Facebook and Twitter and Instagram, because I'll be posting my progress and, um, um, any new workout, uh, routines and, you know, gyms or whatever I'm doing, whatever I'm trying, I'm open to it all. Let's do it. Woohoo! 2016, bring it on. Uh, okay. So you guys, you're going to love this. I'm now going to share with you the interview I did with Vina Crown Home, former Miss California. Enjoy. All right. So we have a lot to talk about today and I'm so excited that my guest 
is Vina Crownholm, Miss California, Miss Hollywood. Is that right? Actually, Miss Southland. I didn't get to be Miss Hollywood. I was so bummed out. There's a Miss Southland, too. Well, there's, I feel like there's so many titles. There's 60 in, in for the Miss California pageant. So wow. there is a lot of titles. Wow. And so how did you get interested in beauty pageants and that sort of thing? Well, I was actually in college. And although my parents were very generous at UCLA to pay for my living expenses, they weren't paying for my tuition. So oh. no need to live there if I don't have any money for tuition. And so I had some scholarship money from a program I did in high school so that covered me for my first year, which was awesome. Mm-hmm. I joined a sorority, and so I was flipping. What sorority were you in? I was a Pi Phi. Oh, no, Pi Phi's. <laughs> I was a Gamma Phi Beta. We're going to have a total girl moment. Well, I think we'll probably have a couple of girls. You guys moments. were our neighbors, like just a couple houses up the street. Yeah, yeah. The Pi Phi's at our house were like, um, they were very, I went to Oklahoma State. So okay. they were like very wealthy, oil money, you know, kind of southern chicks um they were always very nice and very sweet but I mean you know it's different from every college to college but like there they were just very like old money you know ball gown type ladies I dig it that's so fun <laughs> um mine was not like that no. I'm not sure why I joined Pi Five because it was a party house Yay. and I don't really party you don't at all not really party. I just was really busy with like I twirled for the band and did <gasps> other things and so I just didn't have the time, nor could I be hungover the next morning to go to band practice yeah. because nobody wants to listen to that for three hours hungover. Oh my god, I know. I was in the band. I was in the drum section. Ooh, yeah. I was. Um, I played the quads and the bass whenever they need me to carry the nice. bass drum. I know. But then I would stop. Like I would do the halftime. I was also a cheerleader, so I would do like the halftime cheer routine. I went to a really small high school, and then I would put my palms down, go and pick up the quads and go out and march with the marching band. See, I knew there was something about us that like made sense. I was also a cheerleader. So I would (gasps) cheer. And then I, so cheerleading, you do a little like dance that you would do at halftime in high school. Then I would take off my skirt and my top and then Mm -hmm. I'd have my twirling costume on and go on with marching band and then put the cheer uniform back on and. Yep. And just finish the rest of the game. It was amazing. But marching band is the best. You know what? My mom used to tell me all the time, um, cheerleading is never going to get you in life. You really (laughs) need to stick with the band. And I was like, where is playing the quad drums or the xylophones going to get me in life? Like, where am I going to be? I mean, but maybe there might've been something to it because I don't cheer right now either. So maybe I should have listened. You know (laughs) what? I don't cheer either. I know. (laughs) There's very few people, like the, the longevity, the lifespan of a cheerleader is like, what, maybe... I don't know, a little bit post-college, and then I guess you can go on to be a coach or, like, I don't know. I don't know any, like, cheerleaders in their 40s and 50s who are still out there just giving it. Baton twirling is much the same. Yeah. I mean, competitive baton twirling peaks around 13. (laughs) So you're on your, like, downward spiral as you, like, twirl in high school and college, and then you can become a baton coach or there's a couple people in Cirque du Soleil, but that's a very rare number of people. And they probably do, like, a million other things, like, in Cirque du Soleil. Absolutely. Um, Now, where did you say you're from originally? I'm from Orange County. I'm from Orange County. Okay, so... um, that's so great that you did all that too. I love it. Was your school small or were you just like overachiever? No, my school was, I mean, it was a big high school. It was like mm-hmm. 1600 people, oh, but our wow. marching band was like 25 people. Oh, wow. You know, always That's like the so real small. hit of yeah. high school, which I didn't understand because without the band, there's nothing fun to play during the football game. Absolutely. It's the thing that everybody like, you know, claps along with and they get into the band. Like the band is the drum line and especially <laughs> just the drum line is pretty the drum crucial. The line in particular <laughs> is kind of the bomb. Um, they even made movies about it, if I remember right. What's That's right. Movie? Drumline? I think it is Drumline. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just as simple and straightforward. Yes. I finally remember the name of a movie. Um, I'm like, I'm in entertainment and I cannot remember remember names of movies or actors to save my life I'm, See, like, I'm the oh, same like with people I can remember the conversation everything yeah. we talked about and faces no name no so. name so you um okay so let's back up a little bit so let's go back <laughs> into so how when did you start doing um pageants how old are you I didn't really ever do a pageant. I did a program called Junior Miss, which was, yeah, an academic program in high school. So that's what started me. And then when I was in college, I was looking through those flyers that they bring by your sorority house. Uh And so I'm flipping through and it was like, do you want to win $1,500 in a weekend in scholarships? I'm like, yes, "Yes, please. (laughs) Um, And it was like, do you have a talent? I'm like, I guess I do. I could do that. And then would you walk in a bathing suit? I'm like, eh. 
I could. I could yeah. suck it up and do it. Did and you then, not like that part no. of the pageants? I think it's, you know, although it's like the founding nature of Miss America and then ultimately the Miss Universe organization, I think it's really antiquated in today's yeah. terms. I mean, if we're ta- calling it lifestyle and fitness, I consider myself a pretty healthy person. Mm-hmm. So I'd rather showcase that. But it is really different. Like, I think about it. I'm a big, like, I do one-to-bar Pilates here. Like, I'm a big Pilates person. Oh, yeah. I eat mostly vegan food. And I like hiking. It's really hard to showcase that for someone to be like, look at me. I can yeah. do, like, a plank for two minutes. Like, people don't really want to see that. So are they trying to transition from the bikini competition or the swimsuit competition to a, calling it a lifestyle and fitness? Is that it's, what you mean? It's been called lifestyle and fitness for, I don't even know, I mean, at least 15 years. Oh, really? Oh, I didn't know that. So I, it's I interesting. Think everybody just calls it, I've swimsuit. always just called it a swimsuit. Yeah. Because that's what it is. That's what, yeah, that's what they do. They come out and they look amazing in their swimsuit and I gorge on chocolate and I'm like, oh, I, I hate do myself. too. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, they look amazing. Yeah, I mean, uh-huh. I don't know how something's called lifestyle and fitness because if when was the last? showcase well, the yeah. fitness, yeah. You don't wear like four inch heels or platform no. shoes with your bathing suit like <laughs> you don't and like butt glue yeah. and like fake boobs oh my I God, mean tell me about the butt glue so where does everything go like do you have you feel pressure to like keep everything pulled in and hidden and tucked away and like all of that stuff because you don't want to have like a Janet Jackson style moment you know what I mean like where something falls out or a that wardrobe malfunction does happen do you want a fun story about oh. yes okay so one of my nearest and dearest friends we we're actually competing for Miss Hollywood mm-hmm. Miss Hollywood Southland and um we're doing like the run through and she's like in her bathing suit and she is she's she was very well endowed in the top. Mm-hmm. I'll put it that way. And she's doing her <laughs> practice walk, and it's at the Barnstall Theater. She's walking around, and all of a sudden, the top just busts open <gasps> and falls off. Oh, no. Oh, my God. And she was completely mortified. And then uh, the director of the pageant, he walked over, and he was like, honey, it's gay men and straight women, so you're totally okay here. <laughs> Nobody cares. <laughs> That's true. It's totally true. It is. I, don't you think, do you think there are any hetero men that are watching though? Like, do you think there are straight men who are just like, oh, look at these hot ladies? Or do you think that's sort of, it really is a relegated to the, the gay men and the straight woman? I mean, I think that that's a very solid market mm-hmm. for pageants. Um, however, I think there's like straight men in the closet, like not in the closet in like the, that sense, but like in the fan, in the fan sense, yeah, yeah. you know, because I think they all kind of want to see these you know, what we quote unquote call like hot girls and and bathing suits. And, um, and I think internationally for Miss Universe, especially there's a lot of Latin men and people in different countries that just really support their girls in a much more open sense than I think we do in the United States. So what was your first competition that you, um, took part in? I did Miss Los Angeles. That's when I was in, in college. That was the pageant that I ended up winning. Wow. And so um, that started me on my road. And that of, was your first one to ever do? Yes. And you were what, 18, 19? I was 19. You were 19 and your first one. I bet all those girls that have been doing pageants since they were 10, like, hated you. California is not <laughs> known to have a lot of girls like that, thankfully. Like, girls seem to compete in the program for several years, yeah. but not necessarily, like, birth birth on. Right, right, um, right. Now, in the Midwest and South, oh, there's yeah. a lot more of that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I did Miss LA, mm-hmm. then Miss Orange County, and then Miss Hollywood Southland. Does it is it sort of like one's a stepping stone to the next? Like if you compete in a smaller pageant, then you move up to a bigger one, and then eventually, you know, like Miss America, or like how does that work? So it works. Um, there's what's called local pageants. Mm-hmm. So you they're free of charge, and now they actually do um, a hundred dollar donation to Children's Miracle Network is your oh, entry nice. fee. And so you do your local level. And if you win that, like Miss LA, for instance, then you would move on to Miss California. Okay. And then from Miss California, you move on to Miss America. That's so interesting. I find that to be so fascinating because it was never, patents were never anything that was, that were on my radar, even though I'm from the Midwest. And like, I think it's definitely become bigger now than it was way back in the day when I was like (laughs) in high school. Um, But it's so fascinating to me because I think some people have the impression that pageants are more, are just beauty driven, but they're not. There's a lot more to them in terms of like, you have to have personality, you have to be intelligent, you have to have a talent, um, or some, you know, some kind of talent. So what, whatever that might be. Um, I'm just fascinated with why women get into it 
if it is for scholarships, if it's for, um, you know, where do you go for once you've won Miss America, you know, or, or the big title of Miss Universe? Where do you go from there? Well, I can only speak from the Miss America organization mm-hmm. standpoint because that's what I went through. Um, I would say the reason I did it obviously was a scholarship. That $1,500 in a weekend when you're in college, especially Amazing. back in my dinosaur ages, <laughs> it was only $1,200 a quarter to go to UCLA. Mm-hmm. So that's a huge chunk of money. Yeah, that's fantastic. So that was the draw. And then when I went to Miss California, I won another $3,200. Oh, wow. So it's pretty easy to um, get a, like get hooked by that. But I don't think that ultimately – <laughs> that's what you um, get hooked on. You get hooked on this idea that you could be Miss California, the girl that you've watched your whole life on television, mm-hmm. compete at Miss America. And I think that somewhere in there, you get lost in it. And you, like I've been, like I always say there's three types of contestants. There's the girl that comes the first time that's completely doe-eyed. That's like, oh my gosh, this is amazing. I'm just happy to be here. I, that was me the first time <laughs> I competed. I was just so in awe of being like, I'm going to watch the girl getting crowned Miss California like right here. It's wow. so cool. And then the second year I went, um, it's embarrassing to say, but I just wanted to win to win. And I really didn't have a concept as to why did you find that you sort of got bit by the competitive bug somewhere in between those pageants like you were like now I'm in it to win it I want this yeah I did and I've always been a fairly competitive person I was a competitive baton twirler like Mm -hmm. I was a five-time gold medalist at it which is what strange that's fantastic like strange talents that you might have Um, yeah but really cool who how many people in the world can say that not many Not many. No, <laughs> but I peaked when I was 13, so yeah. that's pretty awesome. Um, and then the third time I went, I had already graduated from UCLA, and I was thinking about going to grad school. So I was thinking, well, if I could get $10,000 at Miss California and then an automatic five for going to Miss America, that's a pretty good start Fantastic. to going to grad yeah, school. Yeah, yeah. But I also wanted a job in the meantime that was fun, that I could get involved in my community and work with some nonprofits and just do something that was once in a like once in a lifetime. And I wanted to do something different. And so for me, I'm like, Miss California kind of fits the bill for that. And I had a really good sense of why I was doing it and what I wanted to give. And um, I had moved home with my parents and had a part time job working at Skechers. And I'm like, OK, cool. Like, let's just do it and see what happens. And in that process of that year, I finally figured out how to be myself. Yeah. Because every time I had competed, it was everybody else telling me, you should be like this or you should say this when you're saying that. And did you have a coach, somebody that was coaching you along? No, you have like your director of mm-hmm. the pageant and they try They ultimately kind of function like a coach and oh, give you some tips. Hmm. But the third time I went, I was like, I'm doing it my way. Mm-hmm. And this is the last time I'm doing it. And then I'm moving on with my life. So... I just want to be me. And that was a big thing. Like I've never been totally comfortable being myself. And I went there and I was myself and I had no regrets. And you won. And I won. And that was really amazing. So I think there's that feeling of accomplishment. You're like, Mm -hmm. I did something for me and I was completely myself. Yeah. And I was rewarded for being myself. And that's really a cool feeling to have. And do you feel like then you've sort of carried that through for the rest of your life? Have you been able to hold on to that sense of self or because I know for me it comes and goes. I'm like some days I'm like I know who I am and what I'm doing and then other days I'm like I have no clue what's going on. It comes and goes but I I feel like I have a marker even like after becoming a mother like and going Mm -hmm. back into the the working field Mm -hmm. is being like there was this point in my time time in my life where I felt so comfortable being myself and I know I can do it again and I can have that confidence and I can work towards it but it's really hard to find your mojo it is no totally is do you find that it was even harder for you after having your son absolutely yeah because I I started working everything changes Mm -hmm. I didn't feel very secure about myself I quit my job I was working in the nonprofit field and I went into my first breastfeeding class and they were like say your name and your child's age and tell us something about yourself and I wanted to crawl in a hole and die. Like, oh, no. it's just you just lose that feeling of being like, I don't really know who I am. Yeah. And I I'm think, not good at this. Yeah, it does. It does something to your brain a little bit. Like, <laughs> it, um, there is the mommy brain, but it's also, I think, all the hormones because you, yeah, you start questioning everything. Mm-hmm. And like, for me, I was very like anti kids. I was like, I'm not having kids. I don't like kids. They're <laughs> gross and smelly. And then when we decided, well, okay, let's, let's try it. Cause we, I think we would regret it if we didn't. And we sort of got to the place my husband and I did where we were like, all right, let's do this. And then when we had her, it was like my whole world got flipped upside down. I was like, this is what I meant to do. Like, this is what I meant. I meant to be Channing's mom. And, um, it's a weird feeling for someone who's had such a strong sense of self and identity for so long to be like, 
wait a minute. <laughs> now I'm Chani's mom. That's a totally different, totally different beast. Um, and that's so cool. What's your son's name? Eddie. Eddie. Oh, that's so cute. Yeah. Um, and how much fun are you having being a mom? Cause I know you're, um, you're also a blogger. Yes. And do you find that you're blogging a lot about him or do you blog more about things happening in the pageant world or what's your blog about? Well, in the past it started out and it was called Terrorist Babies. So mm-hmm. It was my, well, a long track, but from like, you know, life doing pageants to becoming a mother. Mm-hmm. And I wrote a lot about, you know, breastfeeding and disasters and becoming a mom and postpartum weight issues. I'd gained 70 pounds. And so that was like a huge it was really hard for me to lose the weight yeah. and it's taken five years and still counting. And it's just, it has been a struggle that I didn't think that I'd have to endure. Sure. And, um, just a lot of parenting fails yeah. <laughs> along the way. And so that was the first couple years. And then I felt like I grew out of that and kind of into the normal, like the three major, which we all deal with. And then I'm almost there. Yeah. I've been reading about that, the three major and I'm like, is it happening at two and a half? Because sometimes it feels it like does. it does. Yeah. I mean, and I think that's the, like my son's vibe now. And it's it's like negotiating with a terrorist. It's like you just can't. Oh, my gosh. It's, it's, it's the most amazing thing because he has great conversational skills. Mm-hmm. But in that is also a nightmare because some things are not up for negotiation. Right. And they want to, in their minds, they're like, I don't understand why I can't do this because I'm telling you that I can't. <laughs> And so obviously I should be able to. And I'm just like, you can't, no, no. Or like, I find I'm constantly going, stop touching that. Don't touch that. Put that down. Don't put that in your mouth. Stop it. And then I have to be like, <laughs> is it okay if she touches that? Like, I don't know. I'm constantly questioning myself. Am I doing the right thing? What the I know. Heck? We don't I want I to doing? ruin our kids, but it feels like that every day. We're right. like, am I making the right decision? Yeah, you wonder if they're going to grow up and just like totally resent you. Like my mom made me pee in the potty when I was two and a half. And now she's going to be like ruined for life. And I'm like. I'm that little stupid stuff like that stresses you out because you're like, maybe for me, I think about my issues with my own mom and I'm like, oh, I don't want to do that to her. I know, right? You know? Like, it's crazy. So I think I stopped blogging about that and I took mm-hmm. a hiatus from blogging for a while mm-hmm. and now I'm back and I'm, I'm writing more like beauty, um, you know, parenting from a different standpoint. Yeah. And um, life, more lifestyle pieces. Um. Well, I think that's great. I've read your blog. I mean, I haven't read every single post, but I read a lot of it. <laughs> and there's like a huge in lull in there. And there's like a I couple years. I did notice that. And I wondered like, hey, what, what happened there? And then I figured, well, she's a mom. It happens. Like it we happens. All, yeah, and we all take a break. Yeah. And I have a mom with uh, stage five Parkinson's. Hmm. So there's I mean, a couple years in there that really yeah. just emotionally. That's tough. Yeah. There was no like. No creative juices flowing to write anything. No. And honestly, I'm always impressed with moms who are able to sit down and write stuff every day. Our mutual friend, Jill Simonian. She's amazing. She's amazing. Like, I asked her, I was like, how are you writing stuff every day? And she's like, I don't know. I just find the time. And I'm like, where? Give me your, give me your insights, lady, because I don't know. Like, She's got two kids. Yeah. That's crazy. I don't know how she does it. Yeah. Um, so let's get to the nitty gritty here. Sure. Miss Universe. Of course. Um, were you watching when it came on live or did you know all the stuff that went down beforehand? So I, I don't know why. I was on Twitter on my phone and I was laying in bed and I was like getting ready for it. And yeah. I'm like, you know what? What's going on on Twitter? And then I got consumed by Twitter and hashtag Steve Harvey. And yeah. And you're like, what the, do you I watch know. all the pageants that go on now? Are you, are you still a fan of pageantry and all of that stuff? As long as I remember to watch it. Yes. Okay. It's, so it's always, not like it's, it's not a say a appointment television thing for you where you're like, I have to be here because Miss Universe or Miss America is coming on. No. Okay. <laughs> I should no. be. I should be. No, if you're, not, if you're, if you're over it, you're over it. I don't think I'm over it. I just don't seem to remember it and we yeah. don't have a DVR. So it's just about yeah, being like, okay, today at this time, do not forget. Right, right, right. So you're watching or, or you're getting ready to watch and you pop onto Twitter and you see all the hashtag Steve Harvey's. I, I kept myself from watching the actual little clips people had put up because the the East Coast really, they luck out. They get to watch it. They do. Right at the right time. It's um, all going down. It was insane. And I remember like reading all the tweets being like, this isn't possible. This can't be happening because it sounds kind of like a hoax because yeah. this universe was just bought out. Um, Donald Trump sold mm-hmm. his shares and then they... It's a new management group. It's on a new channel. It's on Fox instead of NBC. And there was a lot of rumors that it was a hoax. 
Like people really did genuinely think that it was, um, or not a hoax. Maybe it was planned, um, from somebody in Donald Trump's camp or, you know, some kind of sabotage or whatever from Trump to get back, um, at Miss Universe organization. You know, I didn't understand why, I guess I missed the whole thing where Donald Trump was no longer in charge of Miss Universe. If they asked him to leave or if he left himself or... He was part of the debacle when he started his presidential campaign. Right. He made some derogatory comments about um, Latin individuals. Right, right. And so somewhere in there, there was a huge backlash and then he sold his shares. So he sold his shares. Okay. So he, yeah, I, I couldn't remember if he was asked to step down, but then I was like, well, I thought he owned it or like ran the Miss Universe organization. So I don't know why or how somebody could ask him to step down. I, I would imagine that he's probably been in talks with uh, the company they sold it to for mm-hmm. a while. And then it was kind of like, OK, now's a good time now's, to do it. Yeah. But, um, you know, one of the questions that always comes up is, are pageants relevant? In yeah. 2015, are pageants relevant? Yeah, that's a good point. Are they? And um, honestly, if it was just a normal crowning, I highly doubt that any of us would even be a talking. We wouldn't be here mm-hmm. talking about Miss Universe. Hey, I want to tell you a little more about Kinsa, the world's smartest thermometer. It is the number one tool for mom's peace of mind. It's also a great way to battle the flu. It helps remember temperature, symptoms, and medications. And the best part, it gives you guidance on what to do next. Kinsa remembers for you so you can focus on what really matters. Parents trust it and kids love it. Check it out at KinsaHealth.com. It is the world's smartest thermometer. We want, we actually, we probably would be, it just might be like in a few weeks from now. Cause you've right. been on my list ever since <laughs> I met you, you've been on my list of people to call. And then I was like, Oh, timing is perfect. It is. But we wouldn't know who Pia is from Miss Philippines. That's we true. wouldn't know, you know, no one would remember the host name. No mm-hmm. one would remember anything. Miss universe would have died the day after they went on today's show. Yeah. And that would have been it. Because honestly, every year that's sort of what happens. Like I never know. I mean, I look for in during Miss America, I look for Miss Oklahoma and Miss California. Cause I'm like, yeah, you go girls. Right. Um, but then I don't know their names. I don't know anything that, ha- where do they go after? I know they do a lot of charity work and they, you know, that sort of thing. But yeah, it kind of makes you wonder, are people still watching these pageants? Like they used to. Well, I will guarantee you that normally I don't make an appointment with my television for Miss Universe, but Mm -hmm. chances are since Steve Harvey just signed on to host Miss Universe (laughs) again next year, I will probably have a date with my television wondering if there's a massive debacle. So I was watching it as it was going down. (laughs) My Twitter feed was also blowing up and I was on there like, oh my God, this is crazy. Um, What struck me was the, how long the awkwardness lingered from between when he announced Miss Columbia to when he sort of w- wanders off stage for a second, she stands there waving. Then he has to come back on and make a correction. It just, I just wonder from like, from any experiences you have, like how did that, how does a breakdown in communication like that happen? Is it from the producer standpoint? Was it all just probably Steve Harvey's mistake or, Like, how would something like that even happen? I don't know, because I've hosted several pageants, and even Miss California, and the way you read, it's, like, so straightforward. Second runner-up, first runner-up, and then the winner. And it's usually in big letters, this is the winner. Mm -hmm. And I know they have a teleprompter there, but they don't announce the winner on the teleprompter because all the girls would already know. Well, sure. And so it's the only part that they have on the teleprompter is you may take your walk now, Miss Philippines, after... (gasps) The crowning. Uh, And so that's what popped up on the teleprompter. That's what everyone was saying because everyone was saying they saw it on the prompter. Right. And I, you know, the part that I find interesting is that normally crownings are at the very end of the telecast. It's like a minute and a half left. The girl gets crowned. She does her walk. The girls hug her and then cut to credits. Um, This time it was five minutes, which Mm -hmm. is really like a long while beforehand. And the girl that, Miss Columbia, the girl incorrectly announced, she was standing out there waving for two and a half minutes. Yeah. It and was a crazy She doesn't long speak time. English, so she must have just felt really awkward wondering, like, I guess I'll just keep waving and smiling. Yeah. And, and then I thought it was really strange when they had the first runner-up kind of come and stand and kind of wait for the crown as they take one off some, you know, the crown off someone's head and then onto a next. It was really awkward. Yeah. Who was that that came out the first runner-up or was it from the last year, the previous years? Columbia. Miss Columbia was the girl 
incorrectly announced and then right the no, former I mean, miss like, universe oh, the former miss universe yeah. she's the one that came out and stood between them and was rubbing miss columbia's back um it was yeah the whole thing just seemed like it was um either poorly produced or i don't know if nobody explained to steve harvey how the card works <laughs> Because it did look weird. The str- the screen grab that I saw of it did look really strange that it had the winner or the first runner up, second runner up on the left side and then way down on the lower right, the winner. But is that how all of the cards are done, you said? Or like, you know, they're all done differently. Mm-hmm. But usually, like, as a host, you're so nervous that you want to get it right that you've got your finger on it being like, okay, yeah. read it first. And then, yeah. you know, and he also has an earpiece. So there is someone telling him. So it was really. A strange thing. Um, I did watch a piece on Perez Hilton uh, post pageant. Oh, yeah, did yeah. you see that? Mm-hmm. Where he was like, I. It was obvious. Every single one of the judges voted for Miss Philippines. Philippines to win, so there was no chance. I just wonder if he really was that dumb. <laughs> and like, I don't think it's possible. I mean, I'm not one for a conspiracy theory. Yeah, but it's what made. It's what will make Miss Universe relevant next year when they're looking for advertising spots and when they're looking for product placement and different things because it will be so heavily tuned in wondering if Steve Harvey is going to get it right yeah um do you think that um yeah let's see what who was it that I saw it was Miss Germany saw the interview with her where they like uh walked up to her like in a look like a hotel bar or something and (laughs) asked her like I don't even know where they were but they asked her about it and um, she said, no, Miss Philippines shouldn't have won. Nobody won. Nobody voted for her. We didn't want her to win. It should have been Miss Columbia. And my thought was, well, how do you know? You don't, you don't get to vote. like, <laughs> Right. And it was just really like, they were like, no, it should have been Miss Columbia. And um, I just thought that was really interesting because it, it didn't seem like the girls were the girls in the pageant, I should, the women in the pageant were necessarily for one or the other. But at the end, um, I don't know. It was just so strange how they all kind of crowded around Miss Columbia and some people were crowding around Pia, Miss um, Philippines, but it just seemed very divisive. But it happens. Yeah. It does happen. Like that has happened at Miss California many a time. Oh, really? Where they don't crowd around the winner, they crowd around the second runner up? Sometimes. I mean, I think it's it's just reality, right? Like in anything. Some girls are really, really nice and they're great all week. And you can be there and be very focused on competition, but you can also be a really incredible person. Yeah. And then there's some girls that are really um, not so great. Bitchy. Yeah. <laughs> there's really no other word for that. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, and I think it shows. That's so interesting. Yeah. Um, do you think that um, this type of pageant or these types of pageants bring out that side in women a lot more, that competitive side, because they know what's at stake? Or um, is it more like everyone's just going to be good friends and, like, you know, meet somebody new? And what's that Sandra Bullock movie where she's Oh, Miss Congeniality? Yeah. It's genius. <laughs> is that it is like a- Miss Congeniality where they're all, like, they just want to be friends? <laughs> I mean, that's how I view it. And so when I went to Miss America, we had like flip phones as cell phones, which didn't mm-hmm. really ever work. So we right, were right. never consumed with social media. Oh, so it was three weeks. It's a different of, world now. Yeah. It is. It felt like three weeks of girls camp. And so we were all that's like fun. that. We had a really great group of women, although there's always a handful that suck. I mean, yeah. they're just mean and rude Ugh. and stereotypical pageant pageant movies should be made about these girls. That's yeah. exactly what happens. But um, yeah, I mean, it's it's both. I think that if you're if you're inclined to be really self-centered and vain, I think the pageants will drive it out of you in a massive way. But do you think those people win? Oh, yeah, they do win. It's interesting. Because I think on stage you can be phony. I mean, yeah. we have all met phony phony women. Yeah. And they do a really great job. Do you think um it seems to me that women especially coming from like Latin American company companies countries, <laughs> hello. Um they're, they have a certain um, type of beauty that they are all kind of morphing into. And I say morphing because I've seen specials where plastic surgery and shaping um, to look like the perfect Miss Universe type um, person is happening a lot in Latin American countries and maybe all over the world. I don't know. But it's just interesting to me how the standard of beauty has changed it seems do you think that that's the case I do and I think with the cost of 
well, at least to me, the cost of plastic surgery seemingly going down. Yeah. I think that it allows more people the opportunity to morph and change themselves into what they perceive as being beautiful. Right. And I know, like, when we went to Columbia, my husband and I went, um, there is a lot of people that ask if you want to do, like, what they call a Barbie tour, which is you go there to do plastic surgery and then relax at a resort because it's so much cheaper than what you would do in the United States. But I can't imagine it's safer. I mean, maybe it is. I don't know. I have no idea. But when I go on vacation, the last thing I want to do is be in bandages and, like, like, (laughs) post-surgery. I want to be on vacation. And, like, relaxing. Yeah. Um, Yeah, it's interesting to me because nobody has um, imperfections in the pageants. Like, nobody does. They all have beautiful teeth, perfect hair, perfect face. And I just wonder, like, how much of that is real? How much of it is real? Yeah. And also, like, how much of it um, is necessary? Like, can we have just somebody maybe with a little Sidney Crawford, you know, mole or something? Like, something that's just maybe a little out of the norm that's like, wow, you're different and special and unusual looking. Like, everybody's trying to look the same. Um, I agree with that. I mean, I think that's where Miss America is a little bit better than Miss Universe is that yeah. they call it the pageant for the girl next door. Yeah. And then the I Miss Universe that. organization is the girl they wished lived next door. <laughs> so that's totally the difference. That. I can totally see that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That makes sense. But I'm 5'2". And when I was competing, um, people told me, like, you shouldn't, you're never going to win because yeah, there's... You're, you're short. And were they I like, get short. out of here with your short self? Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> and I am half Indian. They had never had mm-hmm. an Indian girl win. So there was that. They're like, well you know maybe you're too ethnic it's like okay but that shouldn't matter really in right now and now it's in but yeah I don't know 12 years ago it wasn't and I have a (laughs) scar on the back of my leg from when I was a little kid and oh wow they were like you'll never win swimsuit with a scar like that (gasps) and so it's really interesting because there's a lot of do to your psyche like as a young a beautiful young woman what does that do like you get insecure about yourself like you're Mm. already insecure because you're a young woman yeah and then you kind of add on different things but I think there was a part of me that said, well, if we're looking at the phases of competition, you have interview, which is 35%. You have talent, which I think at that point was 25%. Mm-hmm. Evening gown, swimsuit, and then on stage question. None of that says, like, are you ethnic? Are you tall? Are yeah. you this? I mean, if you can knock out every phase of competition, there's no reason that you shouldn't be a contender. Did you wear high heels that were a little higher, just in case? No. They only made four-inch <laughs> heels. Oh, no. I know. I'm like, these days, you can have, like, 12-inch heels, I feel like, and go oh my out on stage. They're I mean, all, like, glamazons. Every time they come walking down the, the little runway, I'm like, my gosh, these women are gorgeous. I know. And they all have, but they all look the same. They do, but I think they, they're, like, trained to think that that's what's beautiful. And I've always wondered that. And, like, if you were to wake up the next day, like, with your dream man next to you, would you look like that? I mean, your, your hair is fake. Mm-hmm. Your boobs are probably fake. You've yeah. got a fake spray tan on. You've got fake teeth. fake teeth. You got fake eyelashes. We have like drawn in eyebrows. I think so that like that's because it's sort of become the norm for the pageants. Um, and you know most of the pageants. I'm generalizing the the big pageants, baby. Um, yeah, I mean that's sort of become the norm though. That that's what's expected. Like nobody's gonna go out there without those things you know the flippers do they wear the flippers in the big pageant like they, they have do veneers on- veneers yeah that's, <laughs> that's like the adult veneers. version yeah right? it's like the real permanent version um a lot of girls had them I th- and I think even like 12 years ago when I competed things have changed a lot mm-hmm. because the only thing that I had that were fake were fake like like glue on eyelashes because mm-hmm. they didn't do like the permanent eyelashes that people seem to wear every day now yeah I and, can't imagine and I then the what we called chicken cutlets which were like the boobs the in a push-ups. box yeah Little stick on boobs. Yeah. And that was it. Yeah. And there's a couple of girls with plastic surgery, but it was very, very minimal. But now it has changed a lot. And I think it's it's interesting because what girls will spend on themselves to get ready mm-hmm. far outweighs the scholarship money you're gonna win. So I think it's yeah almost kind of ridiculous that we call it a scholarship program for Miss America because you wear a ten thousand dollar dress and you've got all this fake stuff going on. Yeah. There's yeah. no chance. But do, is there money to be had on the back end of it once you win the title that maybe, you know, after the, you know, the scholarship stuff aside, there's endorsements and maybe the possibility of commercial work or acting or if people want to transition into being like a TV host, which I know a lot of people do. Miss USA and Miss Universe, absolutely. I mean, I think it segues perfectly into mm-hmm. that that world. I know the Miss Universe Olivia Culpo a couple years ago who was Dan the Jonas brother. Oh, she yeah. is a model that travels all over the world and she's yeah. pretty tiny. She's 5'2". 
Yeah. And she's made a huge career out of it. Yeah. Um, so maybe that's what um, I, th- I think, especially now in today's social media driven world, that's the appeal of winning the big title now is that you um, don't necessarily, you know, fade away and kind of walk with your crown off into the distance <laughs> that you can catapult it into like a host on E or like, you know, some entertainment social media guru or whatever. Miss USA does a really great job because I know that they get a scholarship to the New York Film Academy and like Mm -hmm. they have a hosting specialty that they do there. Mm -hmm. And so that I think they prime them into those sorts of spots for sure. Miss America, on the other hand, um, doesn't do any of that. And so you just sort of win your title and then do your year of service and then that's it. For the most part, I mean, the partnership that you do during your year of Miss America now is with Children's Miracle Network. You are the spokesperson. So there's that. I mean, I know that the girl that was Miss America a year ago, she's now the director of social media marketing of Children's Miracle Network. So it can parlay into a job. With Dick Clark Productions now taking over Miss America, there's a good chance that you could have more of an entertainment career. Yeah. But that hasn't happened yet. What is the difference between Miss USA and Miss America? And why do we need both? (laughs) Do you think? (laughs) Well, why do we need both? That's a great question. I don't know if we do. Miss America started as a way to extend tourism on the Jersey Shore in Atlantic City. Okay. So they had a bathing beauty contest and they called it Miss America. And so that's how Miss America started. Oh, interesting. Okay. And then, it, you know, over time it went from just being a really beautiful woman to being, and these were women from all over the country, to having a little bit more of a speaking ability and, uh-huh. and so on and so forth. And then I think in the late 80s, one of the Miss Americas did not want to model for Catalina Swimwear, which was a huge sponsor of Miss America. Mm-hmm. And so Catalina Swimwear said, I don't care if you're a feminist or not. You know, we are a huge sponsor. This is why we do it. You have to model. And she said no. So they cut off the sponsorship. And at that time, Catalina Swimwear um, hooked up, I want to say, with Donald Trump. And that's how Miss USA started. Oh, I see. And so they're very different. So Miss America is a nonprofit organization. Miss USA is a very for-profit organization. I see. That would explain why there seems to be a feel of a little more pizzazz, a little more... Um, showmanship with the Miss USA, Miss Universe pageants rather than Miss America. I think, you know, although it makes me feel bad, I think that Miss USA and Miss Universe are more relevant in an entertainment field today than Miss America. Because Miss America's telecast, they can't seem to figure out what's going to get the ratings and they can't keep Miss America relevant during the year. Um, If we're going to say, well, she needs to be red carpet ready, which is what they're saying now with Mm -hmm. Dick Clark Productions Mm -hmm. because she hosts it or she presents awards at the American Music Awards and Country Music Awards and so on and so forth. Right. Well, then we need to have what Donald Trump has, which is like Farouk Systems, like donating hair products and teaching her what to wear and having a stylist. And, yeah, yeah. And those things aren't happening. Miss America has a sponsor, Joseph Ribkoff, which probably makes really great clothes, but he's out of Canada. And I think... That's weird. Right. I mean, <laughs> even in like LA, there's like such a fashion mecca here yeah, or New York. Or New York, yeah. They should be able to hook it up in some way, shape That's or form. That's so interesting why I wonder if they are if it's just sort of run by people who are kind of set in their ways and like it's all about tradition and this is just what we've always done so this is what we're always going to do and we're going to let you know Donald Trump's flashy Miss USA do her thing kind of you know or wonder why that is they're not going after more of the spotlight I think it's exactly what you said I think a lot of it is living in the past Mm. and I think Donald Trump or Miss Universe is because they're profit driven yeah. Because they're for profit. Yeah. When you're profit driven, you start to make decisions that keep you relevant. Yeah. And I think that's a huge thing that Miss America is missing. Is that relevant? And I think that a lot of times, like the talent competition, I think some of the really incredible talents are missed out on because they're not in the top 10. And, you it seems know, like everybody sings. Everybody, and they don't sing well. And they don't sing well. It's like, and they all don't dance opera. well. No. Nobody's doing anything that's like, whoa, that's freaking talent. Like, you know, like, I mean, it's not like they're not talented, but it's just, okay. And Miss America doesn't allow people to have um, professional hair and makeup for the telecast, which I think is the worst thing you could possibly do. They have to do do. all their own hair and makeup and And that's why you can tell. It looks not so good. It would be so much better to have a company come out, like CoverGirl, and do it. I'm shocked by that. I'm shocked by that. I'm on a national stage like that and in front of the entire U.S. like that they don't have somebody doing hair and makeup. No. 
Wow. I mean, our own local like news channels here have hair and makeup before and they people go look and better news. that yeah. way. And that's Miss Universe is huge on having that picture perfect telecast. Oh, for sure. And I think it's like to me when I look at it now, I'm like, ooh, I kind of wish I like competed at Miss USA. Like, yeah, yeah. I wonder what my life would be like. Did you? So when you went um, as Miss California, you went to Miss America. Yes. And then did you only compete in that? Do you only get one chance to compete in that as a representative of your state, or how does that work? You get one shot. One shot. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Can you go back through the system again? Like if you wanted to go back and compete for Miss California again after Miss America, you can't go back and do it again? It's one and done. That's really? it. Yeah. Oh, wow. So it's pretty cool. But also like, what a bummer. Like <laughs> you spend all that time and all that I money. I mean, I guess so. But I was standing up there and I'm like, I, I was in the top five. So I got to compete in almost every phase of competition. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't think I want to be Miss America. You're okay with it. I was okay with that. I really, I mean, obviously I would never say no to being Miss America, but when we were standing up there, there was a part of me that was like, I just don't think that tomorrow I want to leave my family and, and friends in California and travel all over the country. Yeah. It would be a lot of pressure. It'd be a lot of work. It's with Miss Universe. They have an apartment in New York city Mm -hmm. that they all share. Mm -hmm. And so that's their home base. As Miss America, you have no home base. And so you're out of a suitcase. Every 48 hours, you um, change location. Oh, my gosh. And you switch suitcases. Like your parents send you two suitcases. You send them back two suitcases every two weeks. That's crazy. It's a little different. Yeah, that's so different. And that's so interesting as to why why they make those decisions in this day and age. um, Especially with, I'm sure there are, there's got to be lots of companies that would love to sponsor Miss America. I agree, but that's why you see Miss America wearing the same clothes a lot of times for two weeks and then it changes and then it changes again. Wow. The inside. Yeah. Secrets. That's so fascinating. Um, can we talk for a second about the question period? Like the, <laughs> of course it's always the most awkward for me to watch. And I don't know. And I'm talking about all the pageants. Absolutely. Is it because they're nervous that they're so, the questions are so uncomfortable um, sometimes, or is it just maybe a language barrier? I know that doesn't apply um, in Miss America and Miss USA, but like what's going on with the questions? Cause it's usually like the worst part. I mean, I think it's nerves. I mean, if yeah. you were in front of like a bajillion people on television, like trying to go for your dream yeah. and someone asked you a question, you're going to be super nervous and yeah. you're not going to hear the question probably right. Right. But I also don't think that they ask the right questions. Like when you They're s- always weird, weirdo questions. Like, and what would you say to the leader of ISIS if he was standing in front of you? Like, oh my God, what? I mean, they're, they're just crazy questions that these girls who are, you know, standing there in these gorgeous gowns, like trying to look you know poised and everything it's like and how would you cure aids what but how? doesn't it just want to make you say in world peace because and world peace. if totally. you can answer these questions you should probably be the president of the united states yeah they're so crazy and i want to know if the judges i'm sure the judges are not really coming up with these questions they're not they're like someone in Some production producer, has come yeah. up with these because possibly someone could have a smart answer yeah or maybe it'll make oh, ratings go skyrocketing. Remember that girl a few years ago? Where's she from? Tennessee? I don't know if it was Miss USA or Miss America. Oh, the teen South Carolina where yes. she couldn't figure out Bless her heart. where Iraq was. In- yeah, or like she was like um, just rambling on about <laughs> where different parts of the country were. And it was like, oh, you poor thing. And like she became like a meme and a gif. It was horrible. Um, but I just think... I know these are intelligent women and I just get so nervous for them because the questions you're right are really like here, solve the world's problems, you know, in 30 seconds. <laughs> it just isn't. The questions don't make sense. And, no. and honestly wearing like a, a cocktail dress yeah, seems really inappropriate because they're saying these questions should be like, if you were at an event as Miss America, how would you answer them? Well, I have never been to a dinner party nor an event where I was a special guest or speaker mm-hmm. where I've been asked about these sorts of current events. Yeah. Um, they just don't seem to happen. So I don't know why no. we ask them. So and do you think that they should do away with the questions or maybe they should just start asking different questions? I mean, I think something that would be more relevant would be, you know, obviously there's a huge partnership with Children's Miracle Network. So mm-hmm. either asking something about being an ambassador for them or we all have our own personal platforms, something that would be more relevant to being to who the you are. individual like what would you do during like what would be your primary focus during your reign kind of a thing or, absolutely yeah. or you know like how do you deal with like you know something that deals with a job like best place to travel what I, I don't know I mean those are kind yeah. of cheesy questions no but. no no. I, I understand what you're saying but yeah they, they do tend to ask them like really crazy 
which is why at Miss Universe, I appreciated the, the final, final question, um, asking them why they thought they should be Miss Universe. Yeah, I'm surprised that they don't, you know, other pageants don't ask that because that seems like a pretty important question. But you did see there that even that question can be very difficult to answer. Yes. <laughs> oh, bless their hearts. I know. Oh, dear. I know. I can't imagine the nerves. Um, can we talk quickly about Toddlers and Tierras? Do you watch that show? And what do you think about young girls like coming up through the pageant system? I way. am personally not a fan. Mm-hmm. Um, if I had a daughter, that's not something that I would hope that she'd do. But mm-hmm. if she was really interested in, in it as she got older, then I would indulge her in that. But I think it's really good for, for me, like just as a mother, for kids to get out and play and just be natural and to embrace themselves yeah. and, and to learn how to be confident in being themselves. And so I, I don't think that necessarily, you know, even these young girls, they put on flippers, which are the fake teeth. They have yeah. fake tans and their hair is all done. And... um. I don't know if I think that's a good hobby. No. And the it's mostly, I think, driven by the parents, by the moms, usually, who either were in pageants or always wanted to be in pageants. And they, you know, you know, everybody, every mom thinks that they have the best looking child. <laughs> you know, we all <laughs> think that our child is the next Miss America. Absolutely. Um, but uh, to put them on a stage in a big fluffy dress and spray tan them and curl their hair and put on fake eyelashes and all that stuff. I just, it's not something I ever have a desire to do. And I hope she never, Channing never wants to do it because I might, I might have a problem. I would too. I mean, you would hope to steer them away. And I don't think it's hard to tell, like, especially little girls, like we want you to be you Mm -hmm. and to love who you are. But wait for this, what we're going to do is we're going to change everything about you. Everything about you. Yeah. That doesn't seem to send the right message. No, absolutely not. Um, Okay. So final thoughts on Miss Universe really quick. So Steve Harvey is coming back next year. Yes. Will you be watching? I think as long as I, I'm going to put a reminder into my iPhone mm-hmm. and hope that I remember because I really want to see what's going to happen. Yeah. Um, and final thoughts on conspiracy. Do you think <laughs> do you think this was planned? Do you think that there was some larger um, force at work here or was just a flub on uh, Steve Harvey's part? I don't want to believe that there was a, like a conspiracy theory going on because I cannot imagine being the pawn in that game. Miss yeah. Columbia, you know, whether you are aware or not to be mm-hmm. the pawn in that game is, is terrible. I would never want that. Like, here's your dream. Mm-hmm. Oh, never mind. We were just kidding. That's now been shattered. But there is a part of me that says there's something so different about that telega- telecast, especially since it just got sold by Donald Trump mm-hmm. on Fox News. Pageants are not really relevant anymore. Miss yeah. Universe has not gotten great coverage over the years. It's come and gone, and we've moved on with our lives. And this year, it's made a mark. But I wonder who would benefit from that. Because if Donald- I mean, the ratings. I mean, the, the replays yeah. have to have gone through. The new the owners uh, or the new whoever's in charge of Miss Universe? They would- Absolutely. I think there'll be more endorsements this year because Miss Universe is relevant. She's now a household name. Because this has never happened before in the history of the Miss Universe or any pageant, really, has no. it? No. Never. No. I mean, not that I'm aware of. I, yeah. I, um, I looked too and I couldn't find any instance where this has happened. I think that it's much more relevant now. And you talk about booking Miss Universe for events. Everybody's yeah. going to want her. People are going to yeah. want to talk about this over and over and over again. Maybe not for Miss Universe, but for this. Yeah. This instance. And what do you think this is going to leave any sort of negative mark on her reign on Pia's reign? I don't think so. I mean, I think she's going to have to get very comfortable talking about it. And based on some press press releases that I've seen her in Mm -hmm. I think she's handling it really really well do you know her or any of the women competing right now I don't yeah I didn't know if you are friends with any of them I don't know if you guys hang out together in like a special pageant like click club or (laughs) (laughs) you guys are all together it's like a sorority I'm sure like (laughs) I mean I think it's like anything the girls that I competed with it is like a sorority so we all are are all friends and Facebook makes that super easy to be friends but um, we don't have any super secret social events that we do or <laughs> like handshakes or underground uh, like get togethers. No. Oh, OK. That's but if we did, I couldn't tell you. Yeah, I know. Right. It would all be secret. <laughs> it would all be secret. Um, well, thank you so much for coming on the show and letting me like pick your brain about pageants and about I knew the minute you tweeted me, I was like, oh, my God, I know she has cool stuff to say about Miss Universe. Um, so thank you so much for coming on the show. Where can everybody find you on social media? You're on Twitter and Instagram. I'm on Twitter and Instagram at Vina Crownholm. 
And then I have my website, which is venagoelcrownholm.com. Excellent. Okay, everybody. And I'll put links to that on motherhoodandhollywood.com as well. Um, Vina, thank you. Thank you for having me. It was so much fun. Yay. All right, you guys. Thanks so much for listening. And make sure you check out motherhoodandhollywood.com uh, for more information about Vina and uh, our show today. And follow me on Twitter at MIH Podcast and on Facebook and Instagram at Motherhood in Hollywood. Have a great week, everybody. Bye. balls when you don't go to geico.com car insurance can be hard like early 90s heavy metal hard i'm yelling and screaming and i'm loud Roar! geico makes it easy you can review and update your policy or report a claim on geico.com or the geico mobile app because shouldn't we all have a little less stress in our lives I'm not even upset about anything! Some things just make you feel comfortable, like shopping at Vons. From the butcher block to the bakery and everywhere in between, Vons is fresher with more organic products, more smiles, and low prices on the brands you trust. For a delicious dinner, shop with your club card and get USDA Choice Beef Tri-Tip Roast Untrimmed Boneless for just $3.99 a pound. And for a crisp, sweet snack, pick up large Envy Apples for only $1.49 a pound with your club card. Vaughn's. Fact is, it's just better.